It's time for the Raging Cajun Army, the only place where it's all Cajuns time. And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. Gentlemen, welcome in to yet another edition of the Raging Cajun Army. Matt Miguez here. Jerry Abear joins me. We are three days away from baseball season. A lot to be excited about with the first year as Matt Deggs is head coach. Joining us today to kind of talk about that and previous experiences at UL with Deggs being here back in from 2012 to 2014. None other than Jace Conrad and Tyler Gerard from that historic 2014 team. Jace Shug, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing? What's up? Thanks for having us. Nah, we're excited. We're excited. So um, let's kind of talk a little bit about, uh, for both of you, you're both from Lafayette. You both played high school baseball in town. Uh, Jace, you went to Lafayette High. Shug, you played at Turlings. But I kind of want to go back a little bit because I know both of you were pretty much, I guess you could say you were sort of raised on UL baseball, right? I mean, I know, Jace, when you, uh, when you entered the draft, you had that long letter on Facebook talking about your upbringing around UL baseball. Suge, I know uh, you grew up around it as well. What for both of you, and actually, uh, Jace, I'll start with you first. What was your earliest memory of the UL baseball program growing up? Uh, my earliest memory is probably... I was probably, you know, seven, eight years old. My dad would, um, he would bring us to the games, and, and, and we'd go. We'd make as many as we could. I had two brothers, so we were pretty busy as far as um, running around doing travel ball and Little League and all that stuff. But just from what I remember, just being out there with my family and I'm getting to spend time with my dad uh, at that age is kind of the first memories that I have of young baseball. I got you. And uh, Shook, same thing for you. you. You grew up playing baseball. Did you go to the games as a kid? Yeah, I did. Actually, I, I'm a, I was looking it up to see the year. I, I couldn't tell you how old I was. But I remember uh, So the, the Borks, I, I grew up real close friends with, with their relatives. And I remember going, they'd have the campers out. We'd be down first baseline. Uh, like when Justin Bork and them were, them were going through. And I remember I'd be sleeping at the field. I'd be sleeping in the uh, in the the campers. You know, we'd be hanging out, we'd be cooking, we'd be going to the games, stuff like that. So, like I said, it was a young age for me, but that that was my you know tailgating experience. We didn't do much. You know, I, I didn't do any LSU stuff growing up, so UL was it. I thought it was awesome, and that's where I wanted to be. Uh, so it kind of came full circle. You know, by the time. I got the opportunity to go play over there and, and just be there for so long. It was pretty cool. You know, the hometown kid playing for the hometown team. You know, Jace, I, I want to ask you another question. You mentioned playing playing Little League. Obviously, you know, everybody around here remembers the Lafayette Little League team from 2005 that got to the to the semifinals of the World Series in Williamsport. Uh, I want you to talk about what it was like being in that experience and how that sh- kind of laid the early foundation of your your baseball career. Yeah, it was definitely a, a really uh, 
good experience, obviously. I mean, it kind of prepared me. I got a chance to play against, you know, some of the better competition at a really young age, and I think it prepared me as I got older. Um, you know, I was able to fortunately keep up with some of those guys that were, you know, at the top of the of the list as far as players around the area. And um, it was also at times, I mean, it kind of – it was also tough. I mean, Coach Rowe – you know, first year I was at UL, he had to kind of, I guess, um, put me in my place, if you would, kind of humble me a little bit. I mean, it, it kind of all the attention that you got, that we got from that, from the Little League stuff and um, and whatnot, it kind of, at times, made you believe you're a little better than you were. And um, as time went on, I finally ran into a man that, that wasn't afraid to, to, to stand up to me and put me in my place and let me know that I'm just another baseball player and I was no better than anyone else. So it's kind of both sides. It was very, very good experience, but at the same time, you had to learn how to deal with, you know, kind of, I don't want to say being in the spotlight, but basically being in the spotlight. And so I'm <laughs> thankful that Coach Rowe got his hands on me in time and kind of, kind of straightened me out. Awesome stuff, man. Now, Shug, uh, now – as non-Cajun fans would call you, they just know you as Tyler or they know you as Tyler Gerard. But Cajun fans, and we all know you as Shug. Where did you uh, get that? Sugar, how did you get so far? Where, where did you get that nickname from? Yeah, that, that started in, a, that was my probably freshman year in high school. Uh, Coach Tully, he was coaching our Metro team. And he, said I, he said I reminded him of someone that, uh, that he played with, and they had called him Shug. And, man, Brooks was around. Uh, Brooks Battle was around Turlings when I was kind of going through Turlings. And then when I got there my first year, Brooks was a volunteer assistant, and he started calling me Shug, too. So it kind of just stuck. I, I, it was one of those things. Uh, I, I didn't really expect it to stick going to UL. But, uh, like I said, Brooks was there when I got there, and he started calling me Shug. So everyone called me Shug. Uh, I said, it, 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 it's stuck now. It ain't going nowhere now. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, if there was an award for the greatest walk-up song of all time, uh, Shug, I think it would definitely go to you. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I tried. Uh, I tried. I helped them pick it out. Yeah, I want to say I tried my first year not to use it. Then I went in summer ball and I used it. And I was like, yo, I think that'd be cool. Like some of the guys would play summer ball with us. I was like, you think that'd be cool? They were like, yeah, for sure. And then I came back and I was like, I think I might have found my walk-up song. And everyone, everyone enjoyed it. I actually had a pitcher. He was like that I played with. He was at. I think he went to uh, USC. He was like, "Dude, I'm going back to school, and I'm using that as my walk-up." <laughs> it kind of, it kind of reminds me of like those iconic old day WWE wrestlers. The the second you, you heard that first note, you knew who was coming up to the plate. And uh, you know, I, I want you guys to also talk about you know 2012, 2013, somewhat of a a rivalry, if you will, developed between you guys and LSU. Um, obviously, in 2013, we went to the Baton Rouge Regional. Um, 2014, you had the the rain-shortened game, which for some reason LSU fans think is a, a lot of controversy or, you know, whatever. Talk, talk about the rivalry you guys had. Um, obviously, there's some friendships, you know, with LSU. Jace, obviously, Andrew Stevenson playing for LSU. Just kind of talk about all that for a little bit. Yeah, no, it was um, definitely fun. Anytime you can get on the field and compete against someone that doesn't like you as much as you don't like them, it's always a good time. So, um, 
but yeah, no, there were some good guys on that team. Andrew Stevenson, you know, Nola, um, some of those guys that went to LSU. Um, I've always, you know, been good to me. But at the end of the day, um, it was just the type of team that, that that we were. We didn't think they were any better than us. And and from what I recall, I think we we got the best of them for those couple of years. So, like I said, it's always it's always fun to compete against teams who don't like you, and vice versa. Um, you know, winning's one thing, but when the energy gets turned up a little bit and it becomes personal. Um, that's when you know I think we enjoyed it the most as as a team. So yeah, definitely. So um, Jace, Shug, both of you were freshmen uh, in 2012, I believe. Uh, Shug, you redshirted your first year, right? Yes, I was there the year before, and then yeah, that was my that was my redshirt freshman. Okay, year. and so Jace, you played as a true freshman in 2012, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So both of you were freshmen in 2012. Uh, that was one of uh, the rough years. Um, it was a very young team, a lot of turnover. Uh, talk a little bit about how, for both of you as batters, there was a hard transition because Coach, Coach Trahal had to step down. In comes Coach Deggs midway through the season. And at the end of the season, the, you guys didn't even qualify for the conference tournament. You lose to ULM 17-0, and then all of a sudden you go into an offseason with a new mindset. How was that offseason with Coach Deggs at the helm as far as uh, coaching the bats, and what? how were you guys able to make an attitude adjustment to where you made a complete turnaround in 2013? Go ahead, sir. Uh, well, well like, like you said, when Deggs was there that, that year before, I remember kind of you know, he, he was he was going to be the coach and stuff like that. But he, he also that, that his first year there, he it was very he was not coming in and saying anything. He was going to start fresh the next year. Um, so that was something. Like I said, when he got there, he didn't he didn't have too many hands on. You know, he was with us and kind of getting up us a little bit. But uh, he, he was not very hands on with that. He wanted to start fresh with his whole system, the pack system, and stuff like that. But just going, just talking about the off season, I remember we showed up, and I don't know who was with me, but. We showed up to the field one day to go hit, and we were working out during the summer, and kind of guys that stayed local, and they had just cut down a tree um, by the, by the, in front of the locker room. And I remember we passed through the room, and we passed through the locker room, and Dex had, had called us and said, hey, y'all, y'all come meet me outside. I, wanna, I got something for y'all to do right now, or, or in a little bit. So we go outside, and we meet him, and he's like, back y'all truck up. Uh, we're going to take these logs, and we're going to carry them to the batting cages. And we're like, what, what do we need those for back there? And and sure enough, that was our training regimen, was carrying those logs around the whole fall, the whole all season. So so the four of us, whoever was there, I don't remember, like I said, Jace, you might have been there. Yeah, I was whoever, there. Yeah, whoever it was, I remember we came and we were like, dude, we're going to be carrying trees. I'm like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what is going on? So it, 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 was, uh, it, it was interesting for sure. I remember being, I remember just going in from that transition was... For me personally, I was like, man, I got to step my, my game up. I got I got to be ready to go. You know, I, I want to stay on this team, be part of it. So I was I was looking at it with with kind of I was very anxious to I know start that uh, off season. You know, especially when you're around there and and you got to you're picking up trees and, and getting ready, saying this is going to be our conditioning, and you start hearing the rumors of your conditioning test stuff like that. And, and like I said, I remember it, it was pretty it was a pretty time it was a pretty good time where it was just kind of like you, know, you didn't really know what to expect. You know, yeah, I mean, kind of like, kind of like Shook said. I mean, I don't know how well most people know Coach Deggs, but it wasn't whether we were going to change the culture whenever he got there. You really didn't have a choice. Um, 
if you weren't going to follow, I guess, the, the system and buy in, then he was simply just going to let you go and you were going to be off of the team. So it really wasn't a matter of um, if you were going to change your attitude from the year before and start winning. It was a matter of when you were going to do it. And if you didn't, you were gone. And that's, I think that's what makes, you know, Coach Dag so successful. People and players feed off of his energy. And, you know, I don't know if there's anyone in this country that hates losing more than Matt Dick. So he was a perfect fit for the group of guys that we had. Um, we were all a bunch of competitors, um, you know, and so that's kind of how it all worked out. So... Fast forward, uh, 2013, you're able to make pretty much a complete 180 from 2012, uh, become a number two seed in the Baton Rouge Regional, make it as far as the conference championship, and then all of a sudden, with high expectations coming into 2014, um, I mean, you start the season off on a tear. Uh, Jace, I believe it was you who uh, cut a deal with Coach Rogue to where... Uh, unless you lose uh, consecutive games, you can grow your beard out. Where on earth did you come up with that uh, that idea? And uh, did you expect well, it to, to did you expect it to really grow as far as uh, like for it to really become popular like it did? Well, I knew, I knew we weren't going to lose consecutive games, so I figured it'd grow pretty long. But uh, no, we were at McNeese and we were hitting BP, and I was standing next to Coach Rowe behind the you know, the screen or the net and he just kind of bumps me with his elbow and I was like, what's up coach? And he goes, it's time to shave. I said, come on coach, we've we won a couple games in a row. He's like, it's time to shave. <laughs> so, I, so I go, I hit my next round of BP. I'll come back around the back of the net. I said, hey coach, how about I shave if we lose two in a row? He said, it's non-negotiable. I said, coach, come on. I thought you wanted to win, man. I mean, this, this could be the reason that we've been winning. And he sat there for about 30 seconds, and he just looks at me. He goes, two games in a row, and you shaved it. I said, all right. And we didn't lose two games in a row until the last two of the season. So that was that. Yeah, that, that beard got, you know, insanely long. I, I think for, you know, 48 hours right there during the Super Regional, it was, it was trending on Twitter. <laughs> like I, I, I think I can remember a hashtag Jace Conrad Beard. Well, yeah, I believe it. All I know is I should have cut some off and shaved it with and, and shared it with Shug because he yeah, had some I, trouble I, growing. I, I could have used some, yeah. <laughs> what? I, I didn't. I didn't start growing mine out until probably shoot, halfway through the season when or halfway through we were doing it because I just couldn't. I couldn't get a good one, and I finally was like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna let it rod and see what happens." <laughs> and I have I have the best picture of Jace like on the internet from that it was from that regional okay, Easy with coach. the beard and yeah I, I got the best picture I, don't worry I'm not getting that out but I do have one of the best pictures of you you should have seen when I shaved it all the stuff that was in it I, I don't think I think I think we could have a whole other episode talking about the stuff you can find in Jace Conrad's beard. <laughs> Now I want to I want to ask each of you break down you know the three years four years you were at UL what is your all time favorite moment from playing in Vermilion and White? Oof, you can go, sure, ahead, you can go first. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I, I I'll try to tackle it. I, I think 
you know, I, I, it's it's hard to sum up my favorite. Thing I mean, if you if I, you've got multiple, let them all spill. I mean, I got a few for y'all as a fan. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> Go ahead and tell us yours, and we'll, we can talk about those, I guess. Uh, um, well, okay, so for example, Jace, um, I'll never forget you hit a home run to the pine trees against Mississippi State, and it's it's pretty much Matt Degg's ball in a nutshell. Uh, it wasn't the last game. It was that Sunday night game where we hung 14 oh, yeah. runs, and uh, Ryan Leonard's, I believe, was leading off. Jace, you were second. I know. And uh, he, he, he calls a bunt. He calls a bunt, yes. and, and he gets on base. Well, of course, the, the stadium's going crazy. We got a guy on base, you know. You come right behind him. I think it was a 2-1 count, and, I mean, you just crushed it to the pine trees. And it's well, the reason why I say it sums up Degg's ball is because he calls a bunt on the very first batter of the game. You come in and hit a home run. I told my – well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but she's my wife now. I look over. I said, babe, this game's over. I said the first two batters, this game is over, and you guys didn't didn't back down after that. It was that night, those next two days against Mississippi State was probably one of the most fun I've had as a UL, not only baseball fan, but just a UL fan in general. Um, sure Let me for- tell you something that no one knows about that was the fact that, and you, kind of, you, you missed a little bit, but that's okay. He gave me bunt two, yeah. twice, and I didn't get the bunt down, okay? And... I knew that if I didn't do something good, <laughs> that I was going to be riding the bench for the next eight innings. So when I tell you that was probably the biggest sigh of relief in my career at UL, that was it. I mean, he was going to sit me, not getting a bunt down. So so but, he called a bunt. So what you did was you went to plan B and just crushed it to the pine trees. I guess. It's not yeah, a bad, I mean, it's not a... It's not a bad backup plan, right? <laughs> no, no. There's no way. I hope it works, though. Um, and, and I'll say for Shook, for Shook, for you, man, I, I think to this day, even with the new stadium, outside of the double squeeze against LSU last year, the loudest roar I've ever – and I've been going to UL baseball games since I was a kid. The loudest roar in that stadium was that three-run bomb you hit against Ole Miss. I, I, my ears still hurt from that, and I think – I keep thinking about that because I look in the stadium that we play in now and I just wonder if we can do that and host a Super Regional again, how loud of a roar that would be. And, of course, we cannot forget the famous bat flip on the walk-off against Houston. The walk-off wall. That had to have been – Oh, my God. I know know it doesn't feel good to get it hit by pitch, but that probably was like the – that probably felt the – great. that was probably the greatest hit feeling of a hit by pitch you've ever gotten. Yeah, no, no, that that wasn't too bad. (laughs) That was probably probably the two times in – while I was at UL, that just completely blacked out within like three seconds. <laughs> I will so, tell you, like blacking out on the field. Yeah, so, so some of the stuff I might have did after that, I, I don't not really have the best recollection of it, but uh, no, it, it was fun. It was definitely some fun times and a lot I, of emotion in that. I, I will tell you this, guys: the the day of that game against Houston, I was a senior in high school, and there was like two weeks left of school, and I begged my parents. To let me take the day off of school. Didn't really have to beg that hard, but you know, whatever. Um, To stay home and watch the UL game. And when Suge got hit with that ball to win the game, I remember sharing it all over social media, blah, 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 all over the place. And now every year when it pops back up on my memories, it makes me the happiest guy in the world. Because how do you win... A regional 
on a walk-off walk. And and yeah. and not to mention. How do you throw the bat that far? How, yeah, how do you throw a bat that, that far? That's the blackout part I'm talking about there. I've been, Jace, you know that. I've been practicing that since shit. We were probably sophomores. Uh, in, in practice, I was, I was ready for that moment for sure. I think I think what was most surprising about that game, besides the fact that we won on such an odd way, is that the the number of Cajun fans that traveled. I know Cajun oh, fans. Yeah. I mean, I know we're notorious for traveling well, but you go to the stadium and and Jace. I know you, Jace. You were playing in the minors, so I know you were listening. But you know, you, you you're sitting in the stadium, and of course, Houston is red just like we are. So everybody's wearing red in the stadium. And I think it was Evan Powell that got the first hit, like, in the eighth inning. And you see all the Cajun fans start to applaud. And I'm looking around. I'm like, did we just carry the Teague all the way to Houston? Like, my goodness, man. Look at all the Cajun fans here. And so um, I was. that was very impressive. And I know, Jace, I remember, um, I think it was that Monday when we had won that regional. You were on the bus with your minor league team, like, cheering and going crazy. I think they had interviewed you because Bryn, of course, Bryn had a big part in that in that team as well. Uh, how much did you follow uh, the UL baseball team? Besides the fact that Bren played, but like when you were playing in the minors, like did you watch the games in the locker room? Did you listen on the bus? Yeah, no, we listened to every game that we could. If we weren't hitting GP or, or whatnot, we were um, we were listening. I had my whole team bought in. Um, and in fact, whenever they were at the Super Regional that year, sure, that was the year Bryn hit that homer in the Supers, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So, I'm taking a shower in, um, I forget where I was, it's the, it's the Purina dog food capital of the world, wherever that is. Um, oh, yeah, that, no, no, where they make, where they make <laughs> Purina, but anyway, so I'm sitting in the shower, and all of a sudden, it's on, it's on TV, and it was a commercial, so I jumped in, well, all of a sudden, my team storms, I'm telling you, there was 30 dudes chasing me in the shower because my brother just hit a home run at LSU in the Super Regional. Oh, that they game. Were, the coaches were in there shooting beer all over the ceiling. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> it was it, it, crazy. So, yeah, we followed them pretty close. Um, my buddies that can't even speak English were watching. So That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, guys, you know, obviously, Jace, you know, you talked about your time in the minors. Elaborate a little more on, on that and what it did for you, you know, as a baseball player, as a person, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, no, it was a great experience, um, you know, getting to go. I've never really been away from home for that long, so it was good to kind of – it helps you really, you know, realize what you have back home with family and friends. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I learned from professional baseball is that college baseball is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, can't replace the locker room, the, the friends we made, the times we had with, with our teammates and our coaches. I mean, you were asking earlier about the greatest memory and first thing that came to my mind was just how much we used to compete, even in the locker room, about who could eat the Jimmy John sandwich the fastest. <laughs> Who can chug the Who can chug the most muscle building up, throwing up stuff like that? Oh my God! It's the stuff that I miss. It's not so much the memories on the field; it's the memories that we made, you know. And we're, we're all so close still, and we talk pretty regularly. Um, in fact, you know, a lot of them, a lot of people coming in this weekend for the game, and I think, you know, professional baseball really made me 
finally look back and realize how lucky I was to be a part of, you know, the 12, 13, 14 teams, 14 being the, you know, the one that I was closest to. And uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, it kind of helps you appreciate college sports. So, um, both of you, once once your playing days at UL were over, both of you decided to kind of go into coaching a little bit. Uh, Suge, I know you were an, a grad assistant in 2016. Jace, you were a grad assistant in 2018. Talk a little bit about that experience as far as uh, going from being a player to not only being a player but being a coach for, for your former teams. Instead of playing for Coach Robe, you coached alongside with him. Uh, for both of you, what was that like, and, and what did you learn from that that experience? Yeah, uh, well, for me, I, I think the best part for me was of doing that was just a kind of uh, to ease my way out of baseball. It wasn't, okay, you know, last pitch at LSU, we're done. Have a exit meeting, we're done. You know, I, I got to stick around it for a little bit, and, and you know, I, I still care about it. I, it, it, I was able just to kind of ease my way out of it and not not just go from hey we're playing one day to never again kind of thing uh, and just the you know just the relationships you made you know you, like I said I was there for five years with Bab Rogue and you know just to see the other side of them and, and, and to coach with them and you know just just the, the relationships you formed on that you know I'm very fortunate uh, to, to be able to have that time and and I, like I said I think the biggest part from that was just the just the to ease my way out of baseball I was I, actually the other day I was going by past by the field uh probably a couple weeks back and I and, and they were doing practice and I was like man I can't go over there because I'm gonna want to just stop right in to go throw some BP and you know I can't you can't do that anymore so it, it's tough but but I think that would be my, my biggest takeaway from it was you know the relationships I got to uh, make with the coaches you know on a different side of it and and the, and the guys on the team too but also just to give myself a little ease out of baseball um you know, I still miss it. I, doing that when we had that alumni game, that was absolutely awesome to go back out there and do it. And and just to be around the game, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to do that and stick around for so long. You still got it, Shug. I mean, half yeah, the, a little bit, huh? Man, yeah, half man, the team. I can't believe that. I, Jace, I don't know about all that. Jace, yeah, I know you, you were. You, you missed were, the dog and catch, Jace. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> double knee slide, dude. It was awesome. It's. Uh, no, I have to agree with Shug on that. And though coaching, it kind of helped. It kind of allowed me to see a different side of, you know, especially Coach Rube. I mean, he's always, you know, but not following the rules, but always so. Uh, whenever you were a player, stay on top of you about grades. Stay on top of you about doing the right thing, which is all great stuff. Um, it's just it's it's tough to kind of get that. Um, friendship with them when you're a player so I was fortunate I mean just to kind of get to know them from a more personal level and um, especially considering uh, you know what happened I think that's something that I'm I'm really thankful for and and that I'll I'll cherish forever Mm -hmm. and just kind of touching on what Jason said like like, I think he put it in a good point you know when when you're playing for him you have that relationship with him you're close with him you lean on him it's kind of like a dad but like when you work with him on and a side of you, you could just get to see that complete other side that I don't want to say he put up a wall, but it was just it was just a different side of it, and it, it was really awesome, and it was really just a cool to experience that with him. I mean, he's awesome, you know. I, I can't say enough good things about him, um, but but just to have that experience with him, you know, and like I said, I, I owe a lot to Coach Rove. He did way more for me than he than he probably should have, and and I'm forever grateful for that. I agree. So. Um... 
Uh, last last summer, um, very dark time for Cajun Nation and, and college baseball everywhere when Coach Rowe passed away. Um, just now, now it's it's been about what nine months. Talk a little bit about his legacy uh, as far as the way he. I know you guys were both saying how he impacted your lives, not only as players but just as a, a great mentor. Um, how seeing the reaction, and I asked, I actually asked this to to Austin Robichaux a few weeks ago, but I want to ask you guys this as former players, seeing how the the community reacted to Coach Robes passing, and also how they reacted to his legacy and how they're going to honor his legacy this coming weekend. What does that mean to you guys? It means a lot, man. I mean, he did a lot of stuff for people who didn't deserve it. Um, when I say that, I mean he took a lot of broken men and help shape them for for their future and that's something that you know he had a gift for doing and and not a lot of people can do that um i don't think that there's anyone more deserving to be honored than coach Rowe this weekend um you can go around the country and you can look at statues all day long those are all baseball statues of, of great coaches who won a bunch of games but the one statue in the country that stands out is going to be the one that's revealed on Saturday because it's not about baseball. It's about life and teaching men to, to be to be better men and teaching them to be good fathers and good husbands. And and like I said, I think it's way more um, – I think this statue means a lot more than every other one in the country, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And just to piggyback on that, too, I, I think Gunnar did a good job when I went back and listened to it talking about it. You know, like just, just the – just from seeing pictures of what UL used to be when he got here and, and the situation he was given, uh, he always said, you know, he wanted to leave it better. You leave every place better than you found it. And, you know, that's what he did. And, j- and just to, to keep that going, you know, with, with through the university, through the teams that are on the field, through everyone that's part of that program, you know, just to really take that in and, and soak that in. And that, that, that I think, is the best way to kind of – kind of show, you know, just to kind of, uh, I guess, pay it back to him is just to keep it going and keep making it better, keep growing, keep, and just keep, like you said, getting better. All right, guys, while we're on the subject of Coach Roba show, I want each of you to answer this, your all-time favorite Robism. Huh. Um, I'm going to have to say mine would be this is this is one that I had never heard. I'm sure most people have, but until I was probably, I think I was a, I was either freshman or sophomore. I think I was probably like 0 for 15 at one point. And I'd come in the dugout and I'd, I was about to throw my helmet right, and he would just grab me by the shirt. And he'd keep telling me. He told me for about a week straight every day. He'd say, "Fake it till you make it, buddy." And even in my my life today, you know, doing what I do every day, even if things aren't going good. I try and fake it till I make it. And um, that's something that's going to stick with me no matter what I do. Don't show people, you know, signs of weakness. Don't show them that you're defeated. You know, just keep keep on plugging along. And, and that's something that I, that I think about extremely often. And Shug, what about you? So mine, this is this goes back to probably my sophomore year. And it, it was a time where I'm kind of, you know, I'm trying to feel, it was my, I guess, redshirt freshman year, trying to make the team, trying to do everything right. Kind of, kind of maybe tiptoeing around a little bit, as he would say, it. just the field, just practice, just kind of way, just kind of the way I was going about how I was handling everything. And I remember in an in a inner squad one day or something, he, he pulled me to the side and he just told me, he said, "Hey, 
I'd rather slow a Mustang down than have to kick a donkey in the ass any day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sir. That, and that is something that I'm telling you. That day it clicked for me, and I, I just made that promise to myself. I made that promise to him. You know, all the guys. Like, so it's just that that just stuck with me so much. I, I from that day on, I always in my head, my my attitude towards it was, I will never have him tell me that I should have done this. I'd rather him, you know, just just kind of say, just with baseball, with anything. And I think kind of as I'm getting older, you know, taking that into life too. You know, I, I don't want to look back one day and say, man, I wish I would have done that different. I wish I would have gave more effort in this. Uh, so that's something that, like I said, at the time, it, it was loud and clear. I got you, baseball-wise. And, and, you know, I never wanted to have him have to tell me that again. But that, that was my absolute favorite. And I think that's something I'll remember for, forever, you know. And I, and I hope I do. I hope I keep that. So, my wife, my wife painted me a big picture. It's Coach Rob's face for Christmas on a, on a big thing, and it says, "Be the hammer, not the nail." That's another one. Yeah, that was a big one. He used to always hang a uh, hang a hammer in the dugout for every game in 2014. Tell us to be the hammer, not the nail. And um, real quick, I gotta say this because I'm gonna regret it if I don't. Kind of go along with his sayings. Um, he used to always tell us, you know, have some salt with you. Be salty. And one time we're at Yale Monroe and there was some chatter going around that their coach had said that we weren't a salty team. Well, I think we beat them like 20 to 5 or something like that. And on the way out, it's me and Coach Rowe, the two last people in the clubhouse. And, and I'm walking out and I'm waiting on him. He's like, oh, no, you go ahead. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I walk out, and I get to the end of the dugout, and I hear him behind me. He opens the door to walk out, and he puts a salt shaker that he brought with him in his bag and left it in their dugout and just looks at me, and he says, and that man says we weren't salty. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that story that's before. That's one awesome. Of, one of my best road stories right there. That's now, a good yeah, road story for sure. Now, Jason, I know you, I know you got to get going. So before we we go, you know, I wanted to ask you guys what the best story from 2014 was. But I remember talking to Austin a couple weeks ago, and he told us a story from practice involving Mike Stretz. Oh gosh! And apparently, Mike Stretz was. I don't remember the the full story, but Mike Strentz was angry about something. It was a relay race. It was, it was, was it a race? Yeah, because y'all, y'all were racing around like cones or something, and y'all one team was arguing on who goes first in the race, and then Strentz got in the right in the middle of it. Strentz got angry, and Strentz was about to punch somebody. So Rogue got in his face and said, "If you want to punch somebody, punch me." And if I if I remember correctly, Jace, you're the one that stepped in, correct? I was behind Coach Boone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just where his strengths could see me. And I'm just mouthing the word no and shaking my head no. Like, do not punch this man. Because <laughs> 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 Mike's strength was about to punch him. And Coach Robe always, after that, he still, you know, he would still say, I'm so glad strength didn't punch me. He'd have knocked me out. <laughs> but yes, that, that, that would be a true story. Oh, Shug, you, you have a better story than that from 2014? I don't know. That that was pretty good. Uh, that Jace Jace might have prolonged Mike's uh, playing career that that day right there. That was pretty funny. Uh, but the funniest part about that is Caleb and Mike were arguing about who was going to go first, and then neither of them went first in that race oh, for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know what happened, but they probably still lost to me and Jace's team. That's probably what happened. 
Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Oh, my gosh. Uh, real quickly, guys, um, before you go, what we got the, the return of the Wolf Pack on Friday night with Coach Deggs being back at the helm. What uh, From what you guys have seen with this baseball team, um, what can you expect from this team as well as uh, the expectations for what Coach Deggs can do carrying Coach Rhodes' torch? Um, I'm, I'm expecting big things out of him. If you ask Deggs, he's going to say, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's how he is. Um, I know what these guys have been through this fall, and I'm just kind of ready for the fact that no one really knows what to expect, and I think that this team is going to surprise people in a big way, and I think that's fun. I mean, I think it's we're not coming in, oh, we got this guy, this guy, and this guy. They're all so good, or it's not the opposite, where we don't have any players and we're not good. It's kind of just up in the air right now, but there's one thing that, that – Anyone that played for Matt Deggs knows, and that's that these guys are going to go out there and compete this weekend, and they're going to play hard, and they're going to play the game the right way, and you know that's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to watching as, as these guys go out there and honor you know Coach Rowe and his legacy. Yep. Jace, I, I think Jace did a great job answering that. I don't have anything else to say with that. Well, there you go. Obviously, you know everybody's excited about. The, the first game of the year. According to the countdown on RagingCajuns.com, we are three days, 12 minutes, and 49 seconds away from first pitch. So, obviously, a lot of excitement in the air leading up to Friday night. I'm sure Jason Shug, you guys will both be there, um, as, as well as a lot of former players will this weekend to honor Coach Robe and to kick this weekend, kick the season off the right way. Uh, guys, we appreciate you coming on help us break down the season a little bit and uh, talking about some good memories. We appreciate y'all having us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll definitely see you at the park in the next few weeks. And uh, and best of luck to, to your endeavors. I know you guys are Y'all are family men now, uh, and y'all are y'all got you, found, you got your own respectful careers. But uh, it's been a pleasure talking with both of you, catching up with both of you, and we'll see you soon at uh, at Russo Park. All right, guys, thanks. Remember, be the hammer, not the nail. All right. There you go. That's what I like to hear. All right, fellas, thanks. All right, take care, guys. There they go, Jace Conrad and Tyler Gerard. Jerry, you know, obviously with the, like I just mentioned, the season being three days away, kind of briefly let's talk about the opening weekend, obviously Southeastern on Friday, and then Louisiana Tech on Saturday and Sunday. With all the, I don't want to use the word hoopla because I don't feel like that's appropriate, the memorials, the the honoring of Coach Tony Robichaux playing for this weekend. What what are your what are your thoughts? What are your expectations for for Friday night at Russo Park? It's very bittersweet because when you really think about it, you've got. I mean, you're in a situation where there's there's a little bit of newness with Coach Deggs. Uh, I know there were a lot of um, there were a lot of talks even when Coach Robe was around uh, that even if he would have stepped down and re- just because he wanted to retire or just hang it up eventually, right? Um, if he, you know, if he didn't want to coach anymore, that the first name that popped up in people's mind was Matt Deggs. So um, it's it's bittersweet because there's no. I mean, we've said it millions of times. There's no other man to fill that void and to come in other than than Coach Matt Deggs. 
But of course, it's going to be tough too because we're so used to seeing Coach Robe on the field. Like we've said, it's going to be hard seeing him, uh, seeing another coach walk out for a mound visit. You know, not seeing Coach Robe in that in that little corner by the by the bats uh, in the dugout. It, but but you know, it, it's the if there's any way to honor Coach Robe this weekend will be a great a great testament of that. And uh, it's nice to see. I've had the chance to go to a practice or two. Um, at, at, at Russo Park, and it's nice to see Coach Deggs back at third base. So um, You see, that, that's what I was about to say. What's going to be weird for me is having our head coach working a base. He did at Sam Houston, and it worked out for him. So. Because, because Robe never <laughs> – Robe always stayed in that corner of the dugout. He, never, he was never on the field unless he was going to get a pitcher or if he was yelling at an umpire. Yeah, and, and – and, I think now what we're seeing is we're, we're just – I think everything's kind of come to fruition. I mean, you really think about it when Coach Deggs left. We didn't have the stadium we have now. We didn't have as much as much of the resources as we have now. We always had the fan base. We always had the support. But to have the stadium, to have uh, the, the donations, the money, the, the actual financial support – Right. Uh, it goes a long way, and it's going to help a lot. Yeah. You know, whether it's recruiting budgets, whether it is, um, uh, you know, new facilities. I mean, right now they're putting up a brand new wall in the outfield, which looks beautiful. Well, yeah, actually, I just saw a picture. It's, yeah, it's, it's been completed. It looks amazing, and so I think that part is going to be. It, it, again, I think you've everything we have now is because of Tony Robichaux from the stadium to the fan support, to the resources. I mean, he helped build that, and he, he helped. I mean, he was a huge part in that. I mean, he was the epitome of that. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it's – I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, of course, I'm always looking forward to – I mean, look, opening day for Raging Cajun Baseball is like a holiday for me. I mean, I'm probably not going to get much work done um, that day because I'll be so excited. Um, and, I'm not even going to work, so. There you go. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and like Jason Shug said, I, you know, we really don't know what to expect with this team. They, they're talented. The pitching is, uh, on paper, uh, well improved. Um, and, of course, I mean, the bats. I mean, you're playing. I mean, you're using Matt Dex. Matt Dex is your head coach, yeah. I, I, think, I think the bats will be fine. But, uh, I, but that's what I love about this we're team. Gonna be, we're going to be changing lights in the scoreboard probably quite often. Well, when you look at UL baseball teams, the best Raging Cajun baseball teams have always been teams under the radar. Yeah. Teams that don't have, not to say Didn't they don't have, have high expectations. expectations, but they they come in and they, like like the, the 2014, they were grinders. Uh, their 2014 team, they were grinders. Well, and, but they played with nothing to lose. And I think what you're going to see with this team is that you're going to see when you got guys like Hayden Cantrell, Jonathan Wyndham, Brendan Bro, um, uh, Connor Dupuy, those are guys who really play with nothing to lose. And also, one commonality in all of them, they're all local. Just like the 14 team. They're all local kids. Just like the 14 team. They're all local. I mean, t- I mean, I, th- I think I think Wyndham might be the, the one that's from the farthest away and I mean, I could be totally wrong here. I think he's from Baton Rouge. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think so. Um, and we got a few guys from, I think, Texas. We got a few guys from Texas. I, I'm, I stand corrected. Jonathan Wendell from, from Texas. From Texas. Yeah, we got a few guys from Texas. We got uh, you know, a bunch of guys. Uh, Alex Haney played right there at STM. Yep. Um, got a few JUCO's. Cantrell, Brennan Bro, Connor Dupuis from Maurice, Connor Cook from Sulphur. 
Yeah. Uh, Franklin 10. Monroe, Bossier City, Booty, Hanville representing. Perrin! Austin Perrin! Austin Perrin our I heard, Austin. heard good news about him the other day. Uh, Deck spoke yesterday at the press conference. Said the Perrin's about three weeks out. Good. We need him. So, uh, Big time. That, that's inviting news. Colton Frank being from Lake Charles. Uh, Gavin Bourgeois, Church Point. Church Point, yeah. Went to Notre Dame. Notre went, Dame. Played at LSUE. That's people. Jack Burke, uh, Jesuit. Jack Burke, God. We had to have a Jesuit kid. That's right. Hey, Zeph, hey Zeph look. Power, t- Jesuit got some talent on their baseball teams now. I mean, we just got to get more of them to come here instead of... Yeah, that's what that's what, every, that's what every Blue Jay says. Yeah. I I, I, I chose wisely, okay? Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, you know, and, and, and also, too, I know, again, it's, it's bittersweet because... You're, you're going to honor Coach Robe, but also there's excitement around because of what Matt Deggs brings to the table, the intensity yeah. he brings. I think a lot of people, and, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to sound negative when I say this. I think this team will be a work in progress. I think they will try to find their identity, but I think it's, but it's going to be a lot of fun watching them develop. Kind of like the UL football team, right? Yeah. When, when, when Coach Napier first took over, even the earlier, the first half of this season. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, man. That, that first year Napier came in, I had zero expectations. Not only because of the way we had performed the year before, but just because outside of Mike Desermo. Right. I knew nothing about the staff. Yeah, and, and and again, but but it was cool seeing the team gel as time went yeah. on. And and then this year, I mean, they were supposed to gel some more and they just got better and better and better and better. And now we're talking, you know, New Year's six in a span of a short two seasons. So you know, I think this team, look, it's the same thing. Coach Daggs comes in as the hitting coach late twenty twelve. They don't even qualify for, for the Sunbelt tournament. 2013, they're the two-seed in a regional. And then, of course, 2014, uh, probably one of the best performances by a mid-major baseball team in the history of the sport. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch this team develop. But I And, and I, I know the players have bought in. Um, but I'm more excited about the atmosphere of the games. I know that's yeah, what we're, for we're sure. known for. But the atmosphere of the games when we're winning. That's yeah. what's going to be fun about it. Um, you know, I remember. Um, you know what? I, I hate to cut you off. What no, I'm, go ahead. What I'm, what I'm ready for, and it's my. I hate to say this because you know this is just a corny answer when somebody asks you what's your favorite part of the baseball games. Center field, dude. It's the our, best. Our, our seventh inning hands stretch down is the best in the country. Best seventh inning stretch of all college baseball. And no debate we about could, it. We can be up ten nothing, or we can be down ten nothing. Center field always gets me out of my seat, ready to play, you know, whatever. Oh, me too. Me too. I stop what I'm doing nothing, half the nothing time. Nothing better than center field. No, I stop, I stop what I'm doing half the time. I played it, and I was at my house the other night. Kayla and I are watching Netflix, or we're eating dinner, and I just randomly started playing it on my phone, and we started singing along to it. I mean, it's our unofficial fight song, you know, in baseball. And I think the beauty and I'll tell you I'll tell you what's so beautiful about center field as far as the Cajuns tradition it's a tradition that we created it wasn't forced on us it wasn't anything that you know well we gotta push tradition to try to create tradition that's a that that it was a grassroots tradition that the Cajun fans created I mean it's so cool that when we host regionals teams from 
the, the other teams we play, they got players that walk out of the dugout and watch the crowd clap along and sing along because mm-hmm. it's so unique. And that's what makes me proud to be a, not only, I mean, obviously a Cajuns fan, but a Cajuns baseball fan. We have a lot of cool traditions. Uh, I mean, you go with uh, whether it's uh, center field, you know, obviously it's going to be tough, but I don't, and I'm sure they're not, they're, it's going to go dark, but but uh, Green Onions, you know, yeah. Coach Robes, the Coach Robes walkout Sweet song, Caroline. which he didn't even, what's funny, Green Onions, Coach Robes didn't even, didn't even know the name of the song uh, his entire career. He's like, I don't know what that song, he barely paid attention to it, but everybody associated Coach Robes with, with Green Onions, like you said, Sweet Caroline, you know, Section A, Mr. Vic's Hot Peanuts, The Cooking Club, uh, chanting what's up to the first baseman and the first base chant, coach. Yep, chanting what's up to the first base coach. Uh, turn the turn two guys. Turn two. By, um, ball ball four. four. I mean, there's just so many cool traditions. Uh, oh, the Judy Sin ticket toss. Yep. Uh, the answer is always Ron Guidry. No, it's never. I know it's always Ron. Oh, it's Gidry. always Ron Guidry. Always Ron Guidry. Uh, so there's so many cool traditions at, at around Raging. Cage My dad will get that one. But I, I'm 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 looking forward to just being there. Uh, the atmosphere, sitting back, watching some good solid baseball for nine innings, and and being and being able to enjoy those traditions again. Um, it's going to be a very different feel Friday night because it's going to it's 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 new. I mean, it's going it, to yeah, it's and new. Just just the emotion that, exactly. that's going to be in that stadium is going to be. It's going to be incredible. But I think I think when we when we talked to Phil Devi last week, he said it best. You know, do everything you can to honor thirty six all year long, but also at the same time, you want to give the the, the players their season as well. Absolutely, um, because get get all have, as as much as we love Coach Robe and as much as we will always honor him, all the memorials and whatever they the university has planned by Sunday, that's got to be over. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And because, uh, like, like Phil said, this team has to have their season. Yeah, and and but, the, but there's going to be so many different subtle things that 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 I'm sure baseball fans or Cajun fans, as well as the administration, will do to honor Coach Rove throughout well, the course. year. There's going to be a lot of small, you know, snippets here and there. Um, but I, honestly, I mean, look, the 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 greatest is on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. when they unveil. The Coach Rope statue. I mean, it's just going to be so special, and um, to be able to see that every now day that's a that's a private for a long time. That's a private event. That's correct? correct. Yes, and that, that's for the the people who donated to the cause. Correct. Yes. Okay. Former players, uh, family members, things like so that. So the regular fan will be able to see it after you know, after uh, the, the, when, when you arrive right. at the game. Two o'clock first pitch right. against Louisiana Tech. You walk you can walk up to the statue, go see it, take your picture, do whatever. You know, maybe give Coach Rob a high five. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be because his yeah. his hand's gonna be out. So, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him a high five. Hey coach, hey coach in heaven, right? So um also too, uh real quickly on Saturday, a lot of events happening around uh the sports complex. Let, let's not let's not forget about the other round ball. Yeah, we got softball uh this the weekend. Glow ball. Well, here's the thing. Uh, this week, so because of uh, Cajuns baseball starting at 6 p.m. first pitch at T. Morefield Russo Park Friday night, the no- the matchup is going to play at four four against North Dakota. Right. Uh, and then the following day, I believe now, the Cajuns sit- play Samford at, at 1.30, 1.30 and, then and then LSU at four. LSU comes to town at four. Five, about finally, about time. LSU finally so, pays us a visit. If, if you if you're gonna do what I'm gonna do on Saturday, so Friday I'll be at the baseball game all night. 
Saturday, I'm going to go to the baseball game, probably stay till about the third, fourth inning. And then I'm going to walk over to Lampson Park and catch the softball game. Because Sunday, when softball goes to Baton Rouge to play LSU to return that trip, I know that I can just go back to Russo Park and watch more baseball. Against Louisiana Tech. Right. Um, and, and so, so yeah. that way that way I can get a little bit of everything. I'm going to watch about an hour of the game on Saturday, head over to watch softball. If baseball, you know, some reason is still playing whenever softball ends, you know, I'll make my way back. But yeah, and and not to mention, just uh, an FYI to all of you guys going to the boat, whether it's baseball or softball on Saturday, just a quick heads up. Uh, you got the statue ceremony at 10 a.m., so you'll have people there. You've got a lot and of tailgaters. Does it, does it Mardi Gras parking I was begin? about to say. So you not not Rio Saturday night. That's correct. So here's what's going down. So you've got the statue dedication at 10 a.m. on Saturday. You've got people that are going to be staying in RVs and campers, fans. Right, like as usual. Uh, so you're going to have a little bit of activity that morning, and then you've got the 2 o'clock first pitch. Then you've got a 1.30 first pitch at Lamson Park against Samford for softball. With a 4 o'clock follow-up. With follow a 4 up. o'clock follow-up against LSU. And then Rio starts, I believe, around 6 or 7. So yeah. just a heads up, if you're going to park at Blackham, if you're going to park by Cajun Dome Boulevard, or by the Cajun Dome, or even Cajun Dome Boulevard, uh, just be aware of the parade route because there's going to be a lot of activity, not only with UL Athletics, but also with the crew of Rio. Right. Um, I'm hoping that I can make all three. It uh, depends on the weather. I told Kayla, you know, we go to the baseball game, maybe by chance try to catch the LSU-UL uh, softball game, and then afterwards um, go walk, I mean, li- walk literally down, walk down 50 yards to, yeah. to Johnson Street to catch some beads and enjoy the crew of Rio. So it's going to be a lot of activity Saturday. Uh, I know Friday night is going to be a little bit cooler, so bring your jackets, yeah. bundle up. Friday night's going to be chilly. Weather should be clear. There shouldn't be any rain, um, but it should be a great, great atmosphere. I know there's been a – this is probably one of the most anticipated – uh, baseball seasons I can remember in a long time uh, because obviously you want to honor Coach Robe. Also, there's a lot of excitement around which, what Coach Deggs brings. But overall, man, I, this is probably one of the next to the opening of football, the beginning of football season, this is probably one of my most exciting times. Um, and so we're the, the wife and I are celebrating thing, uh, uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow night. Yeah. We're going to grab some dinner, and then uh, Thursday she's going to do some stuff with some friends, and then um, I'm going to kind of hang out, lay low, and then get ready for Friday. And then, um, yeah, I know you it's, it's going to be you know, a lot of fun. I, I, I think this is just the, the former athlete in me and how much of a, of a Cajuns fan I am. I always have a little bit of trouble sleeping the night before the season opener of, it, yeah. of, of every sport. I've I've uh, I've watched videos of uh, you know whether it was coach a few of Coach Deggs' interviews I've watched a few Coach Robe uh, interviews um, and, and I've said it before I had the chance to go to Diamond Club today and I saw Coach Deggs after and I went tell him hello and uh, I told him I was like Coach I just finished reading fifteen to twenty eight and he had the biggest smile on his face he was all excited when I told him that I said Coach I said man you were you were literally an open book when you talked about uh, your your story and for anybody out there who wants to get to know about our new baseball coach obviously most of us know about his high intensity but if you get the chance buy the book man 15 to 28 it it tells he coach Deggs tells you everything about his struggles about his his you know his 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 um his his 
his his family life, uh, how he came, how everything came full circle, his upbringing, growing up yep. as a kid in Texas City, uh, his baseball playing days, his Mama, coaching days. Mama did not bring him. A no, power no, his his parents are they seem like really good people, and he told him he says in the book, you know, they gave me some tough love, but they're 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 salt of the earth yeah, people. So. I remember I remember him talking at his introductory press conference about how you know obviously one of Robe's most famous Robisms. We want guys that are willing to drink from a water hose, not ones where mommy brings them a power in the third not. inning. Absolutely, I remember not. him. I remember him reciting that in his introduction. Sign me up, he said. And he said, "Guess what? Mama didn't bring me no Powerade. Let that spigot cool off." Yep. Uh, also, too, real quickly, uh, change of uh, topic or change of subject. Uh, basketball plays Thursday night yeah. against um, South Valley. They split this past week. You know, I, I gotta admit, um, it's huge. Again, sorry to cut you off. Oh, go ahead. Huge win Thursday night against Georgia State. Obviously, you know, the program over the years has had their struggles against Georgia State because really in men's basketball, Georgia State has been the app state yeah. of, of the Sunbelt Conference. They're just nearly impossible to to break down. So, you know, a, a big, big win by Bob Marlin and his staff. Obviously, you know, Saturday night with Coach Marlin getting ejected in the first what six minutes of the game? Yeah, he wasn't too happy with that call. And, and I agree, it was a horrible call. Right. It was a horrible call. But in in my opinion, and I'm not bashing anybody here. Please don't take it this way. When you get that first tech, as a coach, you have to have the ability to just walk away. Well, look at the look. Look, I mean, you look, just walk away. Look who you're dealing with, and I hate to say it like this, but it's like they say it's Saturday night. Saturday in the night in the Sun Belt. You, you you're walking into. You a get a tech runner, walk away, especially with these officiating crews. And I'm not going to hold back. I mean, they're not the greatest. And no, so, they're not. They're awful. Uh, they're awful. I think. I think now. Um, and, and I know Coach Marlin apologized in his press conference, and it, it was, that was which, awesome. Yeah, which which takes. Um, Which takes a lot. But it's one of those things. It's like, man, it's like you got to. It's almost like you pick your poison or right. pick your battles, right? Uh, but but you know, I think the other night against Georgia Southern, and and I hate to say it, but I just think the team just got tired after what had happened Thursday night, and that's where yeah, that's th- where Thursday Thursday hurts. definitely Thursday definitely took a lot out of them. That's for sure. But, but I love. One thing I love about this team is that they still don't quit. Um, I know that there's been a lot of struggles. I know that there's been a lot of fans who are just like, man, can we ever catch a break, you know? But, uh, you know, the the team won't quit, and there's a lot of young talent. uh, But with that, I know they have a tough little stretch this week going on the road both to South Al and Troy. Um, But, yeah, I I, – I'm curious to see how they finish. I want to see if, if you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna quit. So it'll be interesting to see how they do in these last six games. Uh, women's basketball, it's kind of up down, man. Yeah, up and down. They're, they're on a roller coaster ride this Dropping year for sure. This week, it happens, it happens. But I know Coach Broadhead's going to get them back in order, and they lost a close one to a good Troy team who they yeah. beat earlier. So and the, and, and again, it is you know, what it looking is. Looking at you know? Troy and women's basketball, yeah, they're that dominant program every year. Sure, absolutely. And so getting getting that win yeah. in Troy. For the first time in 13 years, was was huge for the for the women's team this year. Um, I think that's given them a lot of confidence confidence down the stretch, and and I know that with the type of coach that Gary Broadhead is, they'll they'll bounce back in no time. You know, starting this week. No, for sure, and, and also too before we go, um, softball took yeah, three out three, of four, three and one. Everybody um, needs to just take a step back and relax. Yep. It's Everybody's got to chill. It's one game. And here's the thing. Here's the good news. This isn't one of those situations where, oh, my gosh, we lost to North Texas. We can't host now because here's the thing. 
You look at that non-conference schedule between Alabama, LSU. We've got back-to-back games with LSU. We go to Florida. Florida State. Uh, yeah, yeah. You win some of those games. That North Texas game is going to be like like Aaron game. like Aaron Rodgers says. Shout out to my boy Greg Leonard. R e l a x. Relax. It's one game. It's one game. It's about how this team responds now. Um, yeah. No more. No more. Uh, and if if they're losing if they're games a Cajun, like this, but if, if they're a Cajun sports team, they're going to grind it out. Absolutely. So absolutely. And you know some football news. Obviously, uh, linebackers coach Matt Pallage accepting a job with Baylor University. He will join Ron Roberts' defensive staff, as well as on-campus recruiter Katie Turner. She's accepted a job at the University of Georgia for a similar position. Uh, we, we wish both of them, you know, obviously the, the best of for luck. For sure. And appreciate everything that they've done for, for Raging Cajuns football. Uh, Jerry, you got anything else to say before we uh, before we get out of here? No, man. I'm just looking forward to the start of the season on uh, Friday night. I know um, this is we're less than 72 hours away, people. It's it's going to be a very special night. Um, it's going to be very bittersweet. There's going to be laughter, tears, you name it, uh, all kinds of emotion. And but you know, I think one thing. I think when 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 Austin was was with us a few weeks ago, if there's one thing about Raging Cajun baseball, it's family. And I think we're all going to grieve together. We're all going to laugh together. We're all going to have a great time, but we're all going to enjoy ourselves. We're all going to we're all going to go through the roller coaster of emotions together uh, yeah. as a fan base because that's we are family, and um, I know that there's a lot of anticipation, but also a lot of a lot of time uh, a lot of time to reflect on on not only uh, Coach Robichaux as a baseball coach and with the legacy he left on the on the diamond, but the man he was and honoring that as well. I think honoring that a lot more than just baseball. So. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Should be a lot of fun to all you Cajun fans uh, watching or going to the game. Um, if you are going to the games, just be very careful on the road. Like I said, uh, the Mardi Gras parades start rolling this week, so just be very cognizant of where you park, what time you get there. Uh, time management is, a, is is key, especially with a lot of multiple events going on around the uh, Raging Cajun Athletic Complex. So, uh, once again, to uh, Jace Conrad, Tyler Gerard, thank you so yeah, much for absolutely. coming on with us. Um, and uh, looking forward to this weekend, Matt. I'll see you. I'll see you at the ballpark. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Raging Cajun Army. And you can email us. You know, topics you want us to talk about, questions, whatever it may be. You can always email us RagingCajunArmy at gmail We love to hear from you guys, and uh, we will get back to those questions as soon as possible. Jerry, what you got? We got some big news to announce in the next couple weeks. We do. Yes. We do have some big news. Very big news. I kind of forgot, actually. Yeah, we've um, been so busy with everything. You know, I, I know I know we've been kind of hinting at it on social media that we had some big news coming. It's still coming for the people that are wondering. Yeah. Um and we're gonna announce probably it, it, what it, next it week. hit a it hit a roadblock or two, but it, it's definitely still coming. Um yeah, probably next week will be a, a good time to go ahead and announce it. So uh Stay tuned for for our next episode. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right, guys. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you all at the ballpark this weekend. And until then, go Cajuns. Cajun Nation, Matt Miguez here, and this is your two-minute drill. Softball wins a big one over Lamar last night, 8-0. Summer Ellison with a perfect game. 11 Ks for the senior. Kendall Talley playing against her former university had an excellent night, first time in the starting lineup for her Cajun's career. She goes two for three with a double, triple run, and an RBI. 
Transitioning to women's basketball, they will host Georgia State tomorrow, 6 o'clock at the Cajun Dome. Georgia State comes in with a record of 6-16 on the year, while Louisiana is sitting strong at 13-9. For the men, Louisiana 10-15 going into Mobile to face South Alabama 14-11. South Alabama was the preseason favorite to win the conference tournament, with Josh Ajayi averaging 15.9 points a game. For the Jaguars, Jalen Johnson, the leader for Louisiana, with 15.2 points per game. Softball Friday will host North Dakota before hosting LSU on Saturday. First pitch Friday is going to be at 6 o'clock. Um, correction, I think it's 4 o'clock. Check the handy-dandy schedule, and it is 4 o'clock. Friday against North Dakota, obviously, you can watch at Lansing Park, you can watch on RagingCages.com, or you can tune in to ESPN 1420. Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon at 1.30, they will host Sanford, and then the big one at 4 is they host LSU before returning the trip to Baton Rouge on Sunday. Baseball will host Southeastern Louisiana Friday at 6. Obviously, you know, big big talk around the honoring the late, great Tony Robichaux, a lot going on this weekend with that. Plenty of emotions will be flying in Cajun Field. And then Saturday and Sunday, they will host Louisiana Tech with first pitch at 2-1, and one, respectively. That's your two-minute drill. We'll see you guys soon.